If you have your Bibles, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41 and verse 10. If you have it, say amen. If you do not, say hold up. If we can get it on the screen. Amen. Everybody, read aloud with me. Are you ready? Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee it with the right hand of my righteousness. Somebody say, fear not. I'm going to preach to you right now. You are coming out blessed. You are coming out blessed. I feel an utterance of the Holy Ghost right now. Would you put your Bibles down and clap your hands into the King of Kings and unto the Lord of Lords for what's about to happen in this place? Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You may be seated while clapping. Clap one more time. Not all the time. We don't get things for free anymore. Nothing. Sometimes blessings, they take sacrifice Sometimes you have to go through a trial to get blessed. Some of us can say that we've been through some things to get where we are right now. If people could only see what we have been through, they would not recognize who we are today. Luckily, we do not look like what we have been through. I'm going to say that one more time. Luckily, we do not look like what we have been through. Jesus is the only way that we made it out in one piece. Does anyone, can anyone attest to what I'm preaching right now? That it was the Lord that brought you out of your situation. And you shouldn't be here right now. Come on, some of you should have lost your mind a very long time ago. Some of your families should be all crumpled. Some of you should have a heart attack. Some of you should be dead. But the grace of God kept you and brought you out of the other side. And because of what you have gone through, you are blessed today. Hallelujah. Everyone wants blessings. A lot of people pray, Lord, bless me, bless my finances, bless my family. That is an okay prayer to pray. But many of us, including myself at some times, because I am extremely human, do not want to have to go through the process to be blessed. But it's the process that makes the blessing more sweeter. And the process makes the Lord look much bigger. The process makes us trust him. It's like this. Some of you had to lose your car and get it broke down so you can get a new one for really cheap. Brother Brandon, I remember when that happened to you guys, and I'm sure it didn't look, you, weren't, you didn't know what to do, but it's the process of blessing that you were going through. Some of you 
such as myself had to go through sickness to be anointed of the Lord. Some of you, as my brother, had to have an accident to get anointed of the Lord stronger than he's ever been before. The process is not fun, but the blessing at the end of the process is great. This is why I am thankful for everything I've ever had to go through. As a child, I should have died. I had hard trials as a child. I live with a speech impediment. I shouldn't be here right now. I was in a hospital for four weeks thinking I was going to die. They told me I had cancer. I didn't believe I had cancer. And when I didn't have that cancer, they told me I probably had another cancer. Sometimes... Life looks dark, but I am thankful for everything that I have ever been through so far because it made me into the person I am today. One of my favorite songs that was ever written says, For every mountain you brought me over, through every trial you've seen me through, through every blessing. Hallelujah. I believe the scripture, I mean, I believe the song was trying to teach us something. That when you're going through mountains and valleys and trials, worship sometimes is the only thing that's going to get you through what you're going through. Just like Job, we know the story of Job. And one day he lost his kids, he lost his house, he lost his animals. He lost his servants, and his wife was a straight-up devil. Can any man attest to that? No, I'm just kidding. Don't attest to that. I'm just joking. You're going to get yourself in trouble. I believe that that was not his wife that actually spoke. I believe Satan was speaking through his wife to get to Job's ear. Oh, I'm going to preach this like I feel it right now. Some of us have relationships with people that speak complete negativity to us and tell us things that are out of the will of God. But there are some times when you have to draw the line in the sand and say, I'm not being friends with you because I am going to follow the will of the Lord. Do you know what that's called? That's called discernment. The Lord needs to baptize the church in these end times with discernment. Because we will have false prophets and false preachers that are going to rise up. And some people will believe them. And without discernment, we could be one of those people. In some relationships, we'll send you straight to hell for listening to them. Oh, God baptizes with discernment right now. Some of us need to draw the line in the sand with some friends tomorrow. Those negative spirits is nothing but the devil. Negativity will not be allowed in heaven. Will not be allowed in heaven. So why listen to it on earth? And why speak it on earth? I'm going to get off that situation right there. I want to say thank you to all of you who have sincerely prayed for me as I've been sick for the last five months. I honestly can say 
that I would not have made it out in my right mind if it wasn't for the prayers of the church, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Sometimes, like in the hospital, the situation looks really dark, and you can't see the light of day. I can honestly say, you cannot preach something until you lived it. You won't preach it the same. But I've been through it, and now I'm going to preach it to you tonight. Because I told the Lord, I said, Lord, when I get out of here, my first service in COC Frankfurt, I'm going to preach what you have told me. This has been on my heart for the last five weeks. I was in the hospital three times or four times. I really don't remember. It was too long. I don't ever want to go through that again. But if any of you have ever been in the hospital eight hours away from home, it is the most terrifying and horrible thing you have ever felt. Let me tell you something. I love my bedroom. You spent a long time in the hospital bed. Can someone attest to that? If anyone spent some time in the hospital, it's about the most uncomfortable place in the world. So I'm eight hours away from home. It was a Saturday night, 4 a.m. I was in a basement by myself in Lauren's house. That's my girlfriend for the, y'all that don't know. I'm sure all of you know her by now. But I was in the basement at 4 a.m. And I got very sick for the third time. It was the worst time I'd ever been sick. And I'm in the basement at 4 a.m. And I run to the restroom because I'm getting sick and I'm puking everywhere. And I get there and I get lightheaded and it gets hot in there. And I passed out the first time and hit my head on the toilet and had a big goose egg on the side of my head. My heart rate, finally when, they, when it was all over, was at 187 or 197, I don't remember. But I'm walking back after I wake up from being all passed out and I get up, I'm like, I got to make it back into that couch because I'm not sleeping on a bathroom floor because that's straight up disgusting. So I gain my composure. I don't know how long I was there. And I get up, and I'm like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it over there. I'm just going to take my time. I start walking. I was very, um, what's the word? I didn't know where I was. I didn't know anything, what was happening. And I'm walking back. And I checked my phone. It was in my pocket. I checked my phone. I'm like, man, how long was I laying there? At that time, it was about 5 a.m. And I checked my phone. I put it back in. I said, Lord, I need you to help me. And for the second time, I passed out. But this time, I passed out for a half an hour on a floor cold alone. No one was there. How many of you have ever been through a trial where you felt like you were all alone? Honestly. That was the most physical feeling I've ever felt before. And I'm laying there, and I wake up. I was too weak. I couldn't get back up on my couch. And I call everyone I know. And this is really funny. I actually hold it up against her all the time. I called Lauren after I called everyone else. And she answers, and she says, hello. I said, Lauren, I need you. And she hangs up the phone. Seriously, she hangs up the phone. She must have not been in, in her right mind. Anyway, long story short, I, I think my girlfriend wanted me dead. I don't know why. I thought I was a pretty good guy. So I, 
I end up at the hospital, finally. I get there about probably 9 a.m. after everyone wakes up. I was rushed off in the ambulance. And for six days, I laid in a hospital bed, too weak to even get up out of that. And I'm telling you, on the fifth actual day was the most depressing time of my entire life. Being stuck in a hospital bed, too weak to even get up and use the restroom by yourself. It's not only a physical battle anymore, but it's a battle in your head. Because it's at the weak moment that Satan comes on the scene and tries to speak negativity to you. So I'm in the hospital on the fifth day. My doctor comes in. They come in so early at the hospital. For some of you who actually know me, I'm not a morning person. So for at all, thank you. So for every day when they come in, I was kind of out of my mind. I was like, speak to my mom and dad. I don't know what's going on. But the fifth day when they come in and he walks in and says, Dylan, I need you to wake up. I said, speak to my mom and dad. I'm not awake. He said, Dylan, you have to wake up. There's something I have to tell you. I sit my bed up. I'm still a little crazy and loopy from all of my medicine. I don't really know what's going on. And he said, Dylan, we believe you have two kinds of cancer. For those of you who have ever been told that you have cancer, it is words that Satan instantly comes into that room. Can anyone attest with that? And I said, cancer. I came in here for something else. Now I'm dying of cancer. So I said, mom, dad, doc, wake me up when I get out of here. And I rolled over in my bed. I put the covers over my head and I went to sleep. I completely gave up, I felt like. And my mom and dad, I, I'm telling you what, there is nothing like having parents that are true prayer warriors. There is nothing like having parents that are strong in the gospel. They are the best leaders we could ever ask for. And normally, those of you who watch my dad, when he's up here, we can be shouting and he's crying. But not that day. Dad, all of a sudden, I hear, get up, Dylan. I thought someone was mad at me. I look, and Dad said, you're going to get up right now. You're going to get up. You're going to hop in the shower, and you're going to take a shower. You're going to get all cleaned up. You're going to shave your face. You are going to... Do everything that you need to do. And we are getting up and we are walking around and we are going to the chapel to hear a word of the Lord. And to be honest with you, I wasn't feeling it. Sister Brooks, I wasn't feeling that. I was like, great, they're going to make me get up and walk after all I've been through. Show me some sympathy. So I get in the shower, I get up, and there's nothing like a good shower. Hygiene is very important. Someone say amen to that. So I get up in the shower. I get out. I put on some new sweats, a t-shirt. I shaved my face. I did my hair. And I got up. And it was me, my dad. Lauren finally showed up after she tried to kill me. And my mom was there too. So we get up. And on the fourth 
floor of that place. I wish I would have taken a photo and shown you, but it is the most beautiful chapel I have ever seen in a hospital. It is magnificent. And I get up there, and they, they had a beautiful acoustics in there, and they had a piano in there. And my dad said, Dylan, get on the piano. I said, fine, I'll get on the piano. I sit down. And I said something in my head, because I wasn't feeling anything out loud. I said, Lord, I really need you to speak to me right now, because I'm lost. And I start playing, just some random chords, just kind of playing around. And then I started singing. And the Holy Ghost swept in there. And I began to cry like a big baby. And I began to speak in tongues. And little did I know that there were people watching from the outside that felt the Holy Ghost that didn't know what the Holy Ghost felt like. And there was a song that I sang that has been in my spirit and will be in my spirit for the rest of the days that I live. And I will sing it every day I wake up and every night I go to bed. It says, come and lay down the the burdens you have carried for in this sanctuary, God is here. There is a time where you are going to be so desperate that you have to come in and find the Lord and lay down your struggles and lay down your burdens and let him carry them for you. He took your burdens to Calvary. You think your burden is heavy? Try carrying a cross after being whipped 50-something times and wearing a crown of thorns and being hit and spit at and your hair ripped out. Your burden is not too heavy. He will not put anything on you that you cannot bear. Would someone lift your hands before I close? I still have a few minutes, but would you give your burdens to the Lord right now? Come on, give him everything. I'm in the will of the Holy Ghost. You may be seated. I promise I'm almost done. When I thought I was alone in the dark, Little did I know that the Lord was working for me. The scripture says all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. I don't know about you, but I love him more than I've ever loved him before. He is so deserving of every day me getting up and saying, thank you, Jesus. Here's the thing about the nighttime. Midnight is the darkest time of the entire night. But here's what's so crazy about 12 o'clock at midnight, young people. I'm sure y'all already know this. Y'all are smarter than I was. Midnight is the beginning of a new day. How many of you remember the song that we used to sing that says, you turn my morning into dancing. We know that morning is spelled M-O-U-R. 
N-I-N-G or something like that. I was bad at grammar. I don't know. But I thought of it as a different way when I heard it the last time. I thought of it like this. You turned the midnight hour, the morning of the day into dancing because I see the light coming up from the east and daylight is just on the horizon. This is the other thing that is crazy, that I find crazy. Dark time, you obviously can't see without light most of the time unless it is a full moon and everything is out. But in the dark time, when you look up at the sky, what do you see? You see the moon and the stars. Here is the crazy thing that not a lot of people realize and I'm about to preach this part. So if you want to help me, feel free. In the dark time, the sun still shines on the moon. And the sun still shines in the sky. So at your dark hour, whether you realize it or you do not realize it, the sun is still shining. I see a light in the east. It's shining in the sky. At my darkest hour, he's turning it into morning time. Clap your hands and worship the Lord like you really mean it. Hallelujah. Hey, it's nice to preach with an organ when you're the organist. This is new. Can I have a few more minutes? Is, is that okay? You may be seated. This is something that the Lord gave me revelation about. I want to share it with you right now. Notice something. Job was attacked twice. Two times. What happened was Satan went up into heaven the first time. And he said, I need somebody to mess with. I'm going to start by saying that Satan does not have the authority to mess with you unless the Lord allows it. And the Lord said, hast thou considered my servant Job? And then he said something very crazy. He said, for he is mighty and there is no one like him he also said that he is faithful so satan in one day takes everything that job had and at the end of it he worshiped the lord he said he ripped everything off of him and said the lord giveth and the lord taketh away but blessed be the name of the Lord. And when Job worshipped the Lord the first time, Satan realized that he had finally lost that fight. And he left. And a few days went by. And Satan goes back up to heaven because the Lord allows him access into heaven so he can get permission. 
You know what I hope one day? That when I get up into heaven, he allows Satan up there one more time so I can laugh in his face and say, you thought you got me, but I'm here right now. That is a dream I have. I believe it's going to happen. The Bible says that we will see Satan and say, that is the one. That scrawny punk is the one that tried to mess with me. He's not as large as you think he is. Because small things cast large shadows. When he shows up in your life, guess what? I just got this just now. When he shows up at the nighttime and he looks really big, it's because the sun is shining and it's making him look big. But it's really small because the sun is shining at nighttime. Think about that. Someone received that. So he gets up the second time into heaven and says, I need someone to mess with, Lord. And I believe the Lord has a sense of humor. I really do. He's funny sometimes, the way he works. And he said, I need someone. Lord, grant me permission. And the second time, it's like Jesus was making fun of Satan. And he said, Hast thou considered my servant Job? For he's faithful and there's none like him. He said, how can I attack him if you have a hedge about him? I come to point out one more time that he cannot touch you because the Lord has a hedge of angels about you everywhere that you go. This is why we need to consider it such an honor when the Lord allows trials. Because if he's allowing a trial, he probably finds you faithful and true. Thank God for every trial that I've ever been through. If you're not being attacked, you're probably not doing something right, baby. But when you're being attacked, he finds you faithful and merciful and true. So, the second time, he gets sick. Sounds very familiar to myself. I just don't want to lose everything because I don't have much, and I like what I have. So don't take it from me. So he gets sick. And the Bible says, once again, he ripped his clothes off of him. He let go of every physical thing he had, every possession. He said, it does not matter to me. Take whatever you want, but I'm going to bless the name of the Lord. Now I'm going to preach it to you. Is that okay? When you worship during the nighttime, you are literally destroying the plan Satan has for your life. Do you know what Satan wants? He wants us to turn our back on the Lord. But if we would just worship through everything that we go through. 
Come on. Someone worship him right now. You're destroying the, the plan of Satan when you worship the Lord. I... I am quickly coming to a close. But when you stay faithful to the Lord, you are defeating Satan for the Lord. This is the thing you have to realize that I have already read the end of the Bible. And Revelation says we're going to win anyway. So why not defeat Satan as many times as we possibly can before that trumpet sounds? Come on, we're defeating him right now. At the end, here's the other thing. I promise I'm coming to a close. Can I just have a couple more minutes? I'm not a long-winded preacher, but I'm feeling this. I feel it inside of my spirit right now. 42 chapters in Job. Three verses does he complain and ask God why. I pray that for the rest of my life, I don't know about you, but I want a Job spirit on me because I don't want to hear myself complain another time. You can ask my mom and my dad in the hospital. I complain like no one's business because I'm flesh. But if we would learn to not complain, let me tell you what will happen. Can you put up Job 42 and verse number 12? I want you guys to watch this. Here it comes. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. For he had... 14,000 sheep. Someone say double. 6,000 camels. Say double. And 1,000 yoke of oxen. And 1,000 she asses. I've come to speak you out of your trial right now. The dark is stopping here. If you look to the east of your situation, the sun is rising quickly. And the Lord is about to bless you with double. With what you have. Touch your neighbor and say, when I come out of the other side, I will be blessed. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be smarter than what you were. And here's the other thing. That when Satan attacks you the next time, 
he's not going to know what hit him because you're going to have double the strength, double the Holy Ghost, double the anointing. Can I tell you something? Since I've been sick, I've been able to hear the Lord more clearly than I ever have in my entire life. It was the process that I had to go through with my sickness, but the double blessing was anointing and power and authority. My God, lift your hand if you're going through something right now. Can we be completely, stand to your feet. Everyone stand up. I'm, I'm closing. If you're going through a trial, lift your hand one more time. I want everyone to look around. You're not the only one going through trials. So stop complaining to everybody about what you're going through. I'm going to read my favorite scripture I found while in the hospital. Because there were points that I would cry, everyone else was asleep, and I would cry and ask the Lord, why are you letting me go through this? For weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning time somebody get your joy back right now and see that it's coming to an end tonight I shouldn't have to finish this message for you to get out in the aisle and worship the Lord through everything your storm is over right now it's over Hold on to your faith. You're coming out the other side. Someone worship the Lord. If you would, would you come to this altar right now? Here's what we're going to do. Normally, I would pray the prayer of faith and have you shout hallelujah and this place would explode. But I'm not going to do that tonight. Gentry did not know what he was doing earlier when he had you lift your hands and ask that the Lord would anoint your hands. So here's what I'm going to do. I want you to find someone next to you and ask them what they're going through. The more honest you are, the better off you're going to be. Find someone and ask them right now. Come on, ask, ask, ask. We're about to have a move of the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the joy of the Lord in this place. Now that you've asked, now that you've asked, here's what I'm going to do. You're going to join up with your partner, whoever that you asked. Join with them and lift your other hand in the air. Do it now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you repeat after me, and then when I'm done, I want the gift of prophecy to be fulfilled right now. 
and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. It's okay to prophesy to your neighbor's situation. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, by the authority of the word of God, and by the power of the name of Jesus, I speak a turnaround to your situation. That morning is here. Now go crazy and pray for your neighbor. Someone shout for joy right now. Someone shout for joy right now. Come on, you're coming out. You're coming out. He turned it. He turned it. Someone get your joy back. Someone dance in the spirit right now.